This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. March Madness is here, which means two things, Nick. Golf. Golf. We're here. The 2021 season is upon us. Welcome into this edition of At the Turn. How are you, buddy? I saw my first Masters commercial today. Oh, how'd that make you feel? <laughs> Just it's it's always the time of year when you're like, oh my god, that's right. Like it's 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 right here. It's right here. So I, I'm feeling it is soon. incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Well, we got a lot of fun topics to talk about today. Winter rules, when is it okay to enforce them? How do you pick a home course? What are your go-to contests with your foursome? Gen Z golfers and how strong they are. But, Nick, I want to talk about fivesomes to start with. Is that okay? Yeah, I feel like you just want to rile me up, you know, kind of kind of get me uh, get me on tilt a little bit to start this thing off. But, uh, sure, if you want to talk about fivesomes, we'll talk about fivesomes, Joe. So the situation was this. I had a foursome all mapped out. Get to the course, my home course, mind you. And my buddy says, Joe, I messed up. I invited one of my buddies. My immediate thought was, well, tough cookies. I guess Simon's not going to play. But everyone was around the tee. It was like, we. I was on the, like, I literally had teed up my ball. Took a practice swing and found out this information. So I'm like, okay. You're at the point of no return. Exactly. So there were only four of us at the tee. Our fifth guy was still in the clubhouse getting his situation taken care of. We said, hey, Marcus, you got to meet us on two. We'll see you on two. So we're all one fairway. The four of us tee off. Our fifth, who was part of the original group, so not his fault at all, comes in and he meets us. And we end up playing with a fivesome. Now, I don't like this. I am I am against fivesomes, especially on a crowded Saturday afternoon. It was a nice day. Is that when this packed. took place? Peak. We're talking 10 a.m. So on a Saturday this took place. I'm, now, here's the I'm thing. I'm so irritated already. I did not like it as it was happening. But it turned out that we didn't hold anybody up on the front nine. On the back, a twosome got on us. 
We let them play through. We hit up on a par three. They immediately just, we waved them up and let them play through. We didn't hold anybody up. Now, my only concern during the round was, because this is a, not an unusual situation where the course is populated with a bunch of grumpy old men called starters. And they're in charge of what goes on around there. And you better tell them that you're only playing with four. So as we got up to nine, it's a par five. I turned to my buddy and I said, hey, I'm just going to run up there. I'm going to finish the hole. I'm going to walk to 10T because I know that starter is going to be all over us, right? So I do. I chip up and I just pick up my ball. It's like two feet away. Maybe it was six feet, but I picked it up anyway. I started <laughs> walking to 10T and I see the starter out of the corner of my eye. And I'm, my, my thought is, okay, if I can avoid this guy, he's going to see a foursome coming up nine and there'll be no questions. So he's, he's, he's talking to people on the first tee and I'm trying to quickly walk around him. But sure enough, he catches me. He says, hey, 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 you making the turn? Yeah. You're by yourself? Oh, my guys are behind me. Okay, well, I walked to 10. Group ahead of us is not even teed off on 10. It's a short par four. Sure enough, my foursome rolls up. Apparently, the starter didn't even talk to him. We played with five the whole time, Nick, and it wasn't a problem. Now, I'm not proud of what happened, but I was with a bunch of inexperienced golfers, right? So there was really no way that I could impress upon them just how egregious the decision was to have five at this time of day. And I'm kind of wrestling with two thoughts here. One, I'm glad we were able to pull it off. Two, I feel like I really reinforced a bad habit for four impressionable new-ish golfers that they are going to take and sort of proliferate throughout the golf world. They're going to think fivesomes are okay now during close to peak hours. And, and that's on me. How mad okay. are you? <clears throat> I got a lot. Of, there, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, okay. First of all, poor Marcus just shows up to play 18 holes of golf. He gets home and his wife's like, Hey, what'd you shoot? Well, uh, I shot 74, but I only played 17 holes. So really, you know, I could have been more like seven. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I didn't really get to play 18 holes. Can I post my score? Like, I don't know. That sucks. I definitely got screwed a little bit there. Okay. And also, and I had to play real with... quick on Marcus. Wait. Real quick on Marcus, Nick, if I may. Marcus is from Germany. He's literally moving back. We're recording this on Saturday. We're playing one more time with him tomorrow before he leaves this week. So this was his second to last round in the States, and we pulled this garbage with him. No, that's <clears throat> that's absolutely terrible. So so poor Marcus. Um, did... The guy who 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 made this mistake. I mean, you're act, you're kind of you're bailing these guys out, saying they didn't really know better. But the guy walks up saying, "Hey, look, I, I know I did something wrong." Uh, so did did he know better? Like realistically, did he know better? I'm not asking he... you to throw your buddy under the bus, but I guess I am. No, it's fine. He's he's a good friend of mine. He's very new to golf. He's one of the guys that I did the Blazer show with. Um, he's a comedian, and I've played with a bunch of his comedian friends. And this one in particular is probably the best golfer out of all of them, but his buddy had no idea that he was walking in being the fifth, so I can't blame him. It's 100% on Shane. I don't know why he thought there was an open spot. I looked back at our text messages, and I said, hey, got a fourth spot open for you, and he still invited somebody else. So it's on Shane. It's on Shane. No, that's 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 100% inexcusable. I, I, I liken this to... And this, I used to live in Tennessee for a short period of time, and this happened all the time, and it drove me nuts. When you'd go to 
Walmart or the grocery store and the 10 item or less line has somebody with two shopping carts full of groceries and you're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's there, it's inexcusable. It's selfish. There, It's it's never okay, Joe. You're, you're – the next thing I want to get to, you're saying like, well, it was, it was a busy Saturday. No. It's never okay. It's never okay. It's never okay to take it upon but- yourself to just – Invite all your buddies. I mean, five okay. is the worst sure. possible number. If you have four or less, it's kosher. Nobody cares. If you've got six, you split up into two threesomes. Nobody cares. If you have seven or eight, no big deal. Okay. Five is is really the the really awkward area because you can't split, really split into two because you have a two-some and a threesome. And, like, you know there's one guy that everybody wants to play with, and then you're like, oh, well, I, I didn't get into Joe's group. Like, what the hell? That's that's uh, not cool. Like, they must not I like me. I dealt with me, that you know? at a bachelor party. It, that was annoying. Yeah, seriously. So – um, five's tough, but no. Did, so wait a minute. My, my question you, is this. You in my shoes, what do you do? That's my question to you. If you are me and you've pegged your opening tee shot, I'm trying to hit a three iron into a tight fairway. I'm trying to break par out here, Nick. I can't worry about this five some business. I had a terrible tee shot, by the way. No, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do because you're not going to, you're not going to take your ball and go home. And it's not really your job to be, to be like, one of you guys has to leave because they're all, they all, like carved out seven hours of their Saturday to play golf. So they're not just going to go home with their tail between their legs, but no, it never, it never should have gotten to that point. You can't do anything at that point. Yeah, I agree. Shane messed you, up. Here's I don't question. like fivesomes. I don't. Did you make it known to all of them that it's unacceptable and not cool? Like you got to make a scene when you're going up nine and be like, well, I got to finish this hole by myself because this starter is going to be up my ass at five of us because it's the cardinal sin of golf and we're not supposed to be doing this. You know, you can't just be like, hey, guys, cool. Like, I'll see you in the 10 fairway. Like, no big deal. You got to, like, shame them at least a little bit. So they're like, oh, man, like, I think Joe was kind of pissed. I don't think we should do that again. Well, the problem was, and I didn't do that. The problem was I, I was playing quite well in the front and none of the rest of the guys were. So I felt like I would be adding insult to injury. You know, I, I, I chastise them. I run up, I make my par and go to 10. And then they're just sitting back in the fairway thinking, what? Joe is an asshole. What is wrong with this guy? Nothing. There's no problems out here. It's a nice day. Yeah. We're not you, holding you anybody that, up. You open, the, you open the odd man out next time. It'll be just them four playing. Yeah, exactly. I won't get the invites henceforth. It was uncomfortable for probably one and a half holes. And then it was fine. I know what you're saying, much, but it was fine. How much slower did the round feel? It didn't because one thing I did make known was we got to play ready golf the whole time. So I was yeah. routinely walking ahead of these guys, walking fast, hitting my ball like I was putting when, it, when, when I wasn't away. So I sort of set the tone in the group of, guys, there's five. We just got to get up and hit it. Like n- enough of this practice stuff. Fortunately... And I think it probably helped. I played quite well most of the round. I mean, it was a classic Simons round. I that five mm. birdies and two triples. So, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> but it was um it was fine. I was okay. annoyed for probably ten minutes, but ultimately it was fine. I'm not condoning this no. as a practice no five for the situation, no it was fine. I don't care what it is, because no matter what, somebody is going to come up on you eventually sooner or later and this five some and joe maybe maybe your five some played at a, at a great pace the whole time but every five some i've ever 
come across thinks yeah. they're playing at a pace that's better than any foursome out there. Well, and, it's the classic, and they think like, they're not the problem. They think that it's somebody else. Of course, it's not them. They're good golfers. They're playing ready golf, yada, yada. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sure a small percentage of you are right, but the vast majority of the time, it, it you're the problem. It's the classic when someone's had like three beers and it's like, oh man, I don't, Joe should probably settle down over there. But then someone comes and talks to me. I'm absolutely fine. I am, I am fine. The person who's committing the violation can never understand what they're doing, sort of remove themselves from the situation to see what it's like. For sure, for sure. Anything else on this? Do you want to yell at me some more about this? Just a little bit. Okay. When do you think it's okay to play a fivesome? I mean, I guess this situation, I think if the course is, like, if there's not a lot of people on the course, I think that's fine. Like, in October, I was down in Central Oregon talking about the bachelor party. And, oh, my goodness, we have a beautiful baby making an appearance. What's going on, baby? Hey, Ashley. He's cheering for UConn. Let's go, Huskies. Woo-hoo! We're leaving this in the podcast, by the way. This is all stage. Sure. Sorry Ashley and Gavin making an appearance. Outstanding. It is March Madness right now. Um, yeah. Well, to finish that thought, I was down in Ben with some boys. It was October. There wasn't many people on the golf course. So we played in the fivesome. There, it wasn't affecting anything. I think as long as you're not affecting people around you, it doesn't bother me. Now, I will say, doing it at my home course, I did not like because I'm there all the time. And I don't want to have the reputation as someone who's not following the rules, especially a rule that's affecting other golfers. On the right. road, I don't care. At home, it's I a, like it less. It's affecting the value of, of their product, really. Precisely. I mean, let's not get crazy. Okay, let's let's go on to the next thing. We've got a, a bunch of other things to talk about. Um, I don't care what order we do it in, so I'll, I'll let you just kind of take us to the next the next most natural. Um, yeah, so, Nick, I started off the golf season a couple weeks ago, and me and my buddy decided to go out play a little golf, just two of us, and we got hooked up. Busy day. Busy day. We got hooked up with two young men, two golfers that were quite young. One was a lineman for Portland State University. Go Vikings. And the other worked at U of O. So big, fit, athletic. I'm going to call them kids. I didn't think they were kids at first, but I found out they were both 21. Now, they were, they, they were pretty good players. Had a very humbling experience. On 10 tee, I thought I really piped one. Like, I hit a really good tee shot on 10. And then this other kid gets up there. Did he even hit the fairway? My shot? Yeah. No. Le- left rough. <laughs> left rough. That's I hit right. it good, though. Well, he's got a look. Hit it good. Good angle in. <laughs> I but love it. The other guy, can't remember his name now, but my God, Nick, the... Sound off the club face, the flight of the ball was something I just wasn't familiar with. The impact was just not something I could do. And I didn't say anything at the time because I didn't want to sound like a jerk. But I was with his buddy on the green and the guy who hit the big ball was struggling. And uh, I just said to him, hey, man, I got to tell you, when your buddy hit that tee shot on 10, I just thought to myself, I can't do that. Like. That was one of the first moments, like, playing golf with other people where I was like, I I cannot do what that kid just did. 
And it was age. It was fascinating to see a clear generational divide. And I'm not like a scratch golfer, guys, but I hit the ball pretty well. To see a generational divide between myself and someone who is obviously going to hit the ball. If I played him in a match play, I'd be 30, 40 yards behind him every single time if we both hit it on the number. And it didn't make me feel bad about myself. It was just like a really interesting sociological thing to see a kid that young hit it that far and think, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit washed right now. Have you, have you had that experience before? No, no. I just kind of, I was just going to turn it over to you on this one. I, I, um, I think it's awesome. I, I, it I is. It was I really cool to you, see. I think you got to give yourself a little more credit because you, you pop it out there a little bit. I mean, it's been a while since we've since we've seen it up together, but uh, unless you've really unless you've really lost uh, lost some speed, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you I'm just, just tell me before we before we uh, before we hit the record button, you hit one three fifty the other day. So I mean, I don't know how far this guy was hitting it, but um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's awesome to focus on on the driver. I uh, a recent episode we did with Andrew Olamey from the University of Idaho. He's he gave me uh, permission to just go all in on driver and I'm, I'm going all in on driver this year. And I, I'm, I'm actually, I've always just been like, hey guys, I'm, I'm not a good driver at the golf ball, but like maybe I'll roll in some long putts and maybe I'll chip it close and have a good round. And like, that's just how it is. Now I'm like, no, screw that. Like I'm going all in on driver. So yeah, take it deep. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to see, uh, you know, it could be to my detriment, but at least it'll be fun. So well, part of, part of watching them, Nick, and I'm glad you brought that up. It sort of, Inspired is maybe the wrong word, but just seeing how free they swung and did not care about the results of where the ball went, like it was very freeing to see because I feel like too often I'm trying to steer the ball instead of just letting it rip. It inspired me to let it rip a little bit more. And so I've done that and I yanked a few, sure, but I've hit some good ones too and I have that kid swing in my mind while I'm doing it. Hell yeah. And is it more fun? <clears throat> it is more fun. Yeah. Everyone loves bombs, baby. Now, Joe. part part of what I've experienced and I'm sure do you still have snow on the ground out there? No, we're we're good. Oh. Courses okay. are starting to open up. I I haven't played yet, but courses are opening up. That's what I like to hear. Now, we're having a typical late winter, early spring here in Portland. You get a couple stretches, 2-3 days, you're like, "Okay, it's here." And then you know, it's going to rain. Like, tomorrow I'm going out to play, and it's, it's going to be a soggy mess. But it was a prepaid round, and I have to do it. And one of the things that I've always wondered about, and I probably should have tagged Alamey before we came on and, and asked him, who decides when winter rules preferred lies are okay? Like, when can I go out to a golf course, lift clean in place, and comfortably feel that I'm following the rules of golf to the extent that I can actually post my score to affect my handicap and therefore my status for qualifying for the 2021 U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, I think the short answer is you. Yeah, right? I mean, I I, I don't know for a fact if there is, you know, some sort of verbiage in the rule book that says, you know, you can never do it or the course has to, you know, maybe the course says, we're, we're applying the local rule for lift, clean, and place today. That might be the official answer, but the real answer is you. And you can't yeah. just say, like, I mean, there's guys who who, who play lift, clean, and place year-round, and that's that's ridiculous. 
But, you know, if it's reasonable and you and your group decide like, hey, guys, we, you know, we plan it up today. Yeah, sure. Or or no, we're not like, cool. As long as you decide on the first tee, you don't wait till the third fairway and say, oh, hey, hey, Marcus, come check. We're cleaning them, right? Yeah. OK, good. Yeah. I mean, it just sort of depends on what's happening in the round. Like if you're on the green before and you can see like there's mud everywhere and you hit your first tee shot and it's covered in mud. It's like, guys, we're, we're playing it up today. I think generally what I saw from a quote unquote rules perspective is you play preferred lives. If you decide you're going to do that, the local rule basically states that it's okay. And if you're in the fairway, didn't really seem like if you're in the rough, you're supposed to do it. Now I think fairways only, and sometimes it's your own fairway only. Sometimes it's any fairway. Oh, I see. It's an important distinction. So it if is. you're two over, ah, I made no, it. No. And just basically don't change, don't improve your lie to the extent that if you hit it in pine straw, you can't take it out of the pine straw and put it in some nicely mown rough. But I don't think you ever, I don't think you ever get it out of outside of the fairway. I think you can at times because if your ball is plugged in the rough. Well, if it's plugged, then it's, then that's, that's a different issue. Right. And I think that's mostly what we're guarding against here in Oregon, basically until late April, early May, is no matter where you hit it, you're going to be plugged. There's going to be chunks of mud everywhere. And if you're not cleaning the ball, like, what are you actually doing? You know, it's like, right. we're not we're not testing our golf skills. We're, we're testing our ability to deal with mud. <laughs> exactly. So winter rules, I hope you have to deal with them soon. Nick, you put a couple topics here at the end, unless you had anything else in winter rules. Nothing else on on winter rules, but um, I'm going to get to how do you pick your home course? And the reason why I put this on here is because the closest golf course to me is like four or five minutes away. It is, there's a book of the top 10 nine hole golf courses in North America. And this course ranks number eight. Is the eighth best nine hole golf course in North America. It's a Donald Ross nine hole course. What? Four minutes from my front door. Is this Hemlock? No, no, oh. it is absolutely not Hemlock. It's about two and a half times the the annual annual fee that, that Hemlock is. It's a private Ooh. country club. Um, so obviously there's there's a significant cost, but it's ten minutes closer to my door. The accessibility is a huge factor because at Hemlock, if you show up anytime after 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. on a Saturday, it's you're getting the the town folk. You don't know what's you don't know what's going on in front of you. It's gonna be a five hour round. It's gonna be brutal. There's gonna be five sums, there's gonna be six sums, there's gonna be every anything and everything. Just you know, martial law at, at a, out of Hemlock know, Ridge. It's, it's, it's wild. It is wild. At a place like this, you're not gonna get that. It's a no tea times course. You can show up whenever you want, play whenever you want. There's a limited membership. So these are some of the. What is a no tea times course? For. What is show a no up, tea show times up and course? Play. It's, it, yeah, you just, you don't make it t- tea time. You just show up. Okay. And you play, and then maybe there's a couple of groups in the first tee. You wait twenty sure. minutes, whatever it may be. But yeah, it's not like you you got to book it nine days in advance, or else you're you're locked out of the weekend. Oh. So Welcome to Portland. And then there's the quality of the course. Obviously, it's a Donald Ross gem. It's 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 probably a much more enjoyable track. So 
for you, I don't know, you're like a, a quasi-member of a course. Like what goes into picking your course? We've got the location, the cost, the quality, the playability, the accessibility. Like, like how do you how do you pick where you're playing? There's a lot of options where I am in Portland. What it comes down to for me is proximity. I live 12 minutes away. There's 36 holes on the facility. Oh. There's a nice restaurant there. There's a jogging path. That being said, it's a very, very muni, muni kind of course. They have the west side, which is a little bit easier, par 71. And the east side, which is a little more challenging, par 73, actually. Unique. And so it's great because when my buddies come out, and it's early in the season, and most of them are beginners. No. So Rose City is actually just on the other. It's it's literally on, well, it's not literally on the same street, but it's very, very close. So – our main freeway here, if you go right, you go to Glendevere. If you go left, you go to Rose City. Rose City is probably the same distance away. This is Glendevere. Okay. So Glendevere is 36-hole facility, a couple courses. The west is the easy one. The noobs go out there. The east is a little bit harder. We go out there when the big boys come. And it's cool because neither one is very long. The east isn't necessarily a long course, but there's a lot of different shots you have to hit. There's a lot of uphill par fives challenging par threes it's just a really cool course but it's the kind of place where if you hit your ball well you can you can shoot in the 60s out there same with the west um and the west is where i made five birdies and two triples there you go Uh, yeah so it's a lot of fun um but proximity i know it well i kind of grew up on it um i was a member of the men's club out there when i was in college doing that again with my dad this year um we tried to do it last year but covid shut that down but we're going to give it a go this year. I think we're going to start going out in April. Um, but but proximity, Nick. I mean, there's a lot of nice courses that I could drive out to, like more. Glendivere is probably like a lower tier middle of the road course. Like it's it's good, but it's going to be a soggy mess until July. And then once you hit September, it's going to be hard as a rock. Yeah. You know, the, it, the proximity is huge because you're already carving out how many hours of your day to play. And if you have to factor in, like, if it's 30 minutes away, an extra hour round trip to get there, it, it's brutal. Um, I, I tried to sell to to my uh, head of household, the uh, the, the country the club. The boss, yeah. Yeah, and um, it it was rejected. Um, sure, because, soundly. Because of price. I mean, in, in her eyes, it, it's like, well, you can play all the golf you want for this price, or you can play all the golf you want for two and a half times that, so... Why the hell would you pay more? You know, which that's not the battle I was picking. Uh, I play most of my golf before the before the town folk are out there. Anyways, I get up early in the morning, sunrise, get my nine in, get home, you know, cook some breakfast. No big deal. But I, I definitely was very tempted to to drop it right right a much bigger check this year. Well, I, I understand completely. I mean, the round that I'm playing tomorrow is probably the most well known course in the Portland area. It's Pumpkin Ridge. It's Oh, Got a yeah. public and a private. Yeah, and the, the private is where Tiger won his 96 U.S. Amateur. The public is where I've been most of the time. <laughs> you can where see Joe the pri- won $7 off market six months ago. Now, I did I did actually play the private once, and uh, let me just say this real quick. A little bit overrated. A little bit, little bit overrated. The public is oh. just as good. It's fine. It's fine. And as a matter of fact, on the public side, they have held, uh, I think – 
not only an LPGA tournament, but uh, web.com, but I think they moved to a different course. Anyway, the point is, that baby's far away. It's 40 minutes away. And you could get a membership out of Pumpkin Ridge, but it's really far. And if you join a course like that, you're going to be surrounded by a particular kind of person. And I'm sure a lot of people join that course specifically for that reason, to be around that particular kind of person. Me, I want to go to Glenny, baby. I want to show up with a fivesome and not have the cops be called on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, my buddy Shane, in addition to bringing... (laughs) Killing Shane today. Love him. In addition to bringing a fifth member of the group, he brought two flasks and got through most of them. Got through most of them. (laughs) I love it. And out of Pumpkin Ridge, they're going to make you pay for that. You can do that, but it's going to cost you $200 because the cart girl comes around a lot. Now, I will say... Benefit of playing a place like that and perhaps belonging to one. It's going to pour tomorrow. It's probably going to be 45 degrees. Probably going to be the only folks out there. We had a rainy round out at Pumpkin a couple years ago, and uh, we were the only ones out on the course. But the cart still came around. It basically followed (laughs) us as we were around. And it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, they have super nice carts where they zip up in the back so your clubs are dry. They have a little bit of an overhang on the golf cart. You're on the path only. So basically all you got to do is get your umbrella, run out, take a look at your ball, throw the umbrella down, give it a whack, get the umbrella back up, run back to your cart. There, there are worse living. experiences. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's truly, it's nice. There's a reason why it costs more because you're getting more. It's better. For sure. It's better. Okay. The, the next thing I want to talk about, and we've got a little, I don't really want to call it a wager. We've got a, a, an accountability agreement. Um, for our handicaps, we're all trying to get a little bit better. Who doesn't want to knock a few strokes off their game? Nobody. So, so uh, Brian Romy, myself, and you have hi, uh, Romes. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Set some set some goals for our handicaps, and if we fail to reach those goals by the uh, Corner Club Open, it's a tub of beer. It's a round of. What tubs. are the dates again? It's it's mid June, the nineteenth and twentieth. Okay. Yeah. So. What do you do to practice? Like, like you got your round. You're like, man, whatever. I, I I was spraying it all over the place. I need to work on my short game. Need to roll some putts. Whatever it is, Monday through Friday, getting ready for that big Saturday round. What are you doing? <laughs> I should be doing more. I have to be honest. I don't think I've practiced since 2019. Like, maybe I've hit a few balls before a round. I don't really practice. I should. Because my handicap is going up, but I don't. And I don't know if it's a lack of motivation. Actually, I know exactly what it is. It's a lack of motivation. I think I'm pretty happy. I've been around. I've been between a six and an eight for probably three years now. I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I'm sure I could get down to a two again when we lived in Idaho. But I was playing so much. And I was criminally single. And all I did was play golf. I barely worked. Uh, but it was the best golf I ever played of my life. So could I get back to that point? Probably. I don't think I have a desire to. I think I'm happy to go out. Like, I was just looking at my three rounds in 2021, and they're fine, you know? I got, what have I got in here? I got I got an 84, 74, 81. Sure, sure. That's fine. Right on. I'm well, motivated, Nick. Is that bad? No, it's not bad because we're adults and golf can, <laughs> golf can no longer consume us. It's I not mean, the it's, priority. It's enough to sneak away for 
50% of your exactly. days off and just completely disappear. Um, then it's a whole other thing to be like, oh, hey, by the way, you're not going to see me from five to nine on Thursday because I got to work out something with my driver. Yeah, I'm going to stick a glove under my arm like VJ and hit three <laughs> buckets. <laughs> Pass. I mean, okay. So any chance of reaching your handicap goal? I mean, are you, what are you just, are you just hoping at this point or are you going to, what did I give you a sub a little... five? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I have some hope. I, I know the areas of my game that have to improve. Like the big numbers that I make, it's all, it's all upstairs, buddy. It's not like I'm doing something. Cra- it's, it's literally course management. That's all that it is. Like I don't, hit enough terrible shots where I should be making two triples in a round. Like I made those two triples. The first one was from 80 yards just to the left rough on my second shot. And the second one was on a par five that I was 220 out for my second. And I just totally had mental errors. I, I, I flubbed my second. I three putt on the first one and on the par five, I decided let's cut this around a tree when the only trouble is right. I could have done anything left and I make a triple and then I shank one and it was, just a mess. So really, the way that I justify not practicing is I think that my only shortcoming right now, which it isn't, but I think that my only shortcoming is the fact that I have to play more golf to put myself in more course management situations, and the rest will take care of itself. That's 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 the way I'm going to improve, just playing more, doing the same thing. What an incredible lie to tell yourself. <laughs> that is unbelievable. It's pretty good, that right? That kind of psyche. That is, that is admirable. Thank you. Um, what about you? What is Nick's plan? Because you, well, you're you trying to shave four strokes, aren't you? Yeah, but like, that's... I've got plenty to shed, Joe. I mean, it's not like I'm a four and I'm trying to get to a scratch. I mean, sure. There's no excuse to have the, the handicap that I that I carry. There's there's no excuse. There's no reason. Um, I'm not I'm yeah. not going to make you say it out loud unless no, you want. I'll say it. I'm I'm in the low twenties. I, <laughs> I, I, I bottomed out it. I bottomed out at nineteen point two last year. The lowest I've ever been is in the eighteens. My goal is to best that by over one to get sub seventeen, a sixteen point anything. That, and that's that's a t- like that's that's that shouldn't be too much to ask. Like a healthy. 30 something who's like <laughs> been playing the game for over 10 years. Like that is, that is a pretty no. low bond. So wait a minute. Okay. Break this down for me. Where do you feel like, cause I have an idea of where you lose the most strokes, but what do you think? Where do you think you lose the most strokes? Well, I think it's off the tee and I think it's, it's off the tee. And I think I've been telling myself like my short game and putting is, is good <laughs> compared to getting off the tee. It is, but really it's not. So I'm going all in on driver this year. So I'm, Boom! I'm I'm, I'm going to become an an awesome driver. It's going to save me a couple right there. I'm Wait also going all gonna... in on my short game. <laughs> Wait a minute how how's that going to happen with the awesome driving? Do you have a plan? Are you just going to swing for the fences? What's 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 the game plan here? Um, yeah. So I I'm I am enrolled in a, a virtual course from Did a, you? from a PJ professional. It's okay. just a it's just like four hours of of video instruction on like the different faults like the different you know mistakes and some drills some corrections some moves some feels um yeah so i dropped a hundred dollars on that and oh. i you know i haven't been able to swing a club but i've i've perused the videos you know like hey sure. if you're if you're slicing the ball if you can't close the club face if you're closing too fast if you're coming over the top if you're too too shallow too steep whatever it is so i'm like okay so i think i've identified 
some faults and some ways to fix them. And I'm, I'm excited to put a club on the ball. Yeah, it was. Uh, and <laughs> I think your point is so valid. I'm just so excited to, and especially over the past year, like me playing great golf pales in comparison to me playing golf. Like those are such yes. different things. I just want to play golf. Sure. It's fun like to win and beat people. But if I get my ass kicked by someone younger, my group, like, cool, he played really good. And I wasn't as good as him today. And I probably am not in general. And that's fine. Cause he's 27 and this is what he has to do. And, I have to pay a mortgage. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different priorities. It's different stuff. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, I would like to practice more. I know myself, I'm not going to. I just hope playing more will take care of the course management stuff. The one thing I do want to work on, and I, I I hope to improve this year is my putting because I'm way too streaky of a putter. Um Sometimes I'm out there and I feel like I'm never going to miss. And then there are times where I'm two feet away and think this would be a miracle if this goes in the hole. So I just need to have, I just need to have some consistency in my putting, which is attainable from home. I don't, I don't have to be at a golf course to do that. It's just a matter no. of working on my stroke and six pack of beer, watch your mat, you know, strokes of putts. You can exactly watching the game, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, sure. that's the game plan. That's how I get sub five, six packs of beer. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe I'm not drinking enough. Maybe that's the problem. That probably is the problem. All right, Joe. Uh, last thing I think I got on here. Yeah. What, what, when you go out with that foursome, or maybe it's your fivesome. What are your What are you doing? Are you guys Are you guys putting some money down? What's what, What's the game? What's the contest? What's what, What's going on? So I have a usual foursome that I've had for a couple seasons now, and none of them keep a handicap. Oh, they get it none together. Of, I know, but it's also like none of them keep score in the way that I keep score, meaning that like if they hit a bad tee shot, they'll just kind of grab another ball and play it and take that score. Yeah. So there's not a lot of competition. I've had to become pretty good at self-motivating in my comp and basically playing against myself. So I'll obviously have a goal number that I'm trying to reach, which may get adjusted throughout the course of the round, depending oh, yeah. on how you I'm have playing. Your goal, then your second, your secondary goal, and your, you know. Yeah, exactly. And look, sometimes that works up, and sometimes that works down. It's usually up, but that's fine. It's a matter of self motivation. I think what I like doing the most is skins. So my college buddies, who I don't see very often anymore, we're all about the same skill level. One buddy's the best. I'm in the middle. My other buddy thinks he's the best, but he's the worst. And we all basically do skins. And it's really fun because the money is sort of spread around pretty fairly. Um, we had a pretty epic one at a trip a couple years ago where we were tied after the 18th hole of our second round that we played at this resort. And there's a little pitch and putt, three holes. And we're like, this is perfect. We'll just settle the money here. And we decided to play carryover on the pitch and putt. And one hole went by two holes, three holes. Literally, we're on the 12th hole. I roll in a three-footer for par and win like $300. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I played really bad all weekend, and my buddy just has never let me forget it. But that's what's fun about skins in that particular competition. It is still based on you having to probably make a putt to win the money, even if it's carryover. But it allows you, if you're struggling, to still have the opportunity to put some cash in the pocket. So I don't yeah, like to get anybody, too complex. I love skins. Yeah, that's a good one. Anybody can have a good hole and make a buck off their buddies. You know, and yeah. you don't have to worry about, like, 
oh, I gotta I gotta play these last four one over, you know, <laughs> yeah. to to win the match. That's that's a good one. For me, it's well, same boat. I, I don't often play with people who keep a handicap and are like, even if I I play with people who are like like, hey man, I'm just here to have fun. I'm like, hey, let's play for a dollar. They're like, no, 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 no. I know. Like, it's like why? But it, it's fine. But a couple times a year, I'd play some, with with some buddies from work, and it, it's always four ball match play. And that's uh, a good way to go about it. I, I've always had fun doing that. Uh, you know, it keeps it interesting for the whole round. Um, you know, the match play element is, is always good. And then you get take a little pressure off that not every single one of your your holes is going to be uh, on, on your shoulders. So it's uh, it's good. And then when you roll in like a 40-footer, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. Yeah, four-ball match play is really fun. Um, I enjoy it. I, I haven't done it too often, but every time I have, it's it's a blast because – you're not you're not reliant on every shot that you're hitting. Like if you spray one in the woods, it's fine because Bob plopped one out in the fairway. So you were swinging for the fences. Everything's fine. It's it's fun. I really you enjoy get to keep it. your own score. That's the biggest thing. Is like yes. everyone's there. Nobody's not going to play their own ball all the way through. Exactly. I love that too. Um, that's all I have, Nick, for this episode of our first spring 2021. This episode. is like our our get golf ready. I'm sure that's like yeah coined and trademarked and I, i'm probably gonna get sued for saying that but this is no, our, title our it get that. golf ready podcast of 2021 and i'm ready i haven't played yet this year it sounds like you've been playing like every other day um but <laughs> Three times. I bet in, the, in the next 10 days um, i'm i'm uh i'm gonna start chipping away at that handicap is romy playing dude is romy playing <laughs> romy won the the, the Spokane Open already this year. As <laughs> is he playing? All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Precision Pro, Nick. Should we talk about Precision Pro before we go? Absolutely. I'm, I'm ashamed we haven't talked about it. If <laughs> PrecisionProGolf.com at the turn is going to save you $10 on a laser range finder. They, they've got some new ones. They've got some good ones. They've got, you want the slope? You got the slope. You want to turn the slope off? Turn the slope off. Whatever you want to do, get yourself a range finder. Get dialed in. Get those yardages, precisionprogolf.com. You're going to buy one anyways. Hit up precisionprogolf.com. Use promo code TURN10. We're going to save you 10 bucks off the sale price, off the lowest price of any rangefinder at precisionprogolf.com. I love it. Get serious, folks. Get se- or, or don't. Either way, get a rangefinder. They help. Yeah. Get serious. Drop that handicap this year. That's always a good goal. Like... I have a little watch, but the rangefinder is what I use. Like I still carry the watch, but the like the watch was was so inaccurate, Nick. Now that I have a Precision Pro rangefinder, I can I can really see the fact that oh, I'm off three yards, and I'm of course that dialed in to where three yards is making the difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's how this works. Uh, well, I mean, look, a Masters preview is not too far away. No, we're we're we got it's time to be starting to writing down those people we're going to predict. To win, Joe. I know with I know oh, I have last time you you uh, weren't ready to put that out there, but oh. the next I think it's safe to say the next at the turn will be a Masters preview. I'm circling the wagons. I'm close. I have mm. some names in mind. I'm looking at some good numbers. Uh, I I have eliminated Sergio Garcia. He will not be my pick to win the 2021 Masters. Okay. Oh, I've I've also eliminated a recent champion, Danny Willett. So I think. Uh, <laughs> Why do you hate Danny Willett? He seems like a fine guy. He seems but, totally fine. He's fine. He's not going to win this year. No, he's not. Okay. All, All right, right Joe, folks. let's wrap it up. That's it. That's it. We got to go. 
Um, I have to make a pizza, so good I'm gonna do that. that. Good luck in that round uh, of golf tomorrow in the rain. You know what? It should it should be a lot of fun. If 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 I break 80, I'll I'll be very happy. I'll probably Hell shoot yeah. 89, but that's that's okay. Uh, great. We appreciate you all, and uh, we'll talk some Augusta National Golf Tournament very soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn.